The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Power Trip of Wrestling. I am your host, GP John Paz, for another edition of Who Is This Week? Who Is? Who Is the Greatest Promo? And before we get into that, let's introduce the other men in the booth Mr. A Promo Sapien himself, Mr. TMPT, Mr. HMG, Mr. RBV. Rick, what's going on? Gentlemen, uh, it's great to be back with you. Who is? Uh, you know, I, I let you guys uh, go underweight last week as I was uh, packing on the LBs for Cincinnati Burger Week. But yes, it uh, it is great to be back on the two man power trip platform uh, with you, Paz, and of course, as always, with my tag team partner, Crown there, uh, Doctor Jargo. Nice, and of course, the third man in the booth, the doctor himself, Mister J. Michael Jargo. Doctor Jargo, how you doing today, sir? How did how do gentlemen? I'm awake. I'm conscious. I'm ready to talk about some great promos. And I'm not talking just an individual promo. I'm talking years of great promos. And I got to say, when I was going through and I was making my list for today, not a whole lot of guys that are still active that made my list for today. Not a whole lot of great talkers left in the world of professional wrestling these days. I was thinking the same thing when I was thinking like, okay, who's the greatest promo of all time? Is there anybody currently active? And literally they were like, I think I have 18 guys or 19 guys on the list. They were like 18 and 19 that I thought of. I mean, they were like the last guys that I had to like, it's got to be somebody. Well, I think when you, when, when you look at, you know, today's crop of talents and what we're so familiarized with seeing them on either, you know, a WWE stage, an AEW stage. And I know that AEW likes to tout, you know, we, we don't have that creative thumb on our talents as, as the other guys do not, but they, they still kind of have that, that same, directive process so when we do look at some of these modern talents we got to go back and remember when they truly were allowed to be themselves maybe it was a ring of honor uh, a pro wrestling gorilla something along those lines uh is to kind of be relatable okay do they truly have that gift uh or is it something that's particularly lost on this new generation and the new direction of professional wrestling well, and for me, it was also, you know, there's a difference between talking people into buildings and putting butts in seats and selling tickets, which is what the purpose of the promo was, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, hell, even going back 50s, 60s, 40s. Whereas now, 
they don't have to worry about it. They're out there. They're just advancing storyline. They're not necessarily talking people into the buildings. So there's a lot of guys, especially from the eighties that ended up making my list that some people may not even think of. I feel like also when you're talking about greatest promos, they've got to be memorable. They have to have some longevity to them. These are guys are not just, you know, maybe a few years or maybe a month of good promos. Talking about extended period of time here of, of great promos and great promo ability. So Rick Ludwig Borga is is no, he doesn't count. I know he was great in the summer of 93, but he cannot count for this. Sorry. I, I was going to say, you know, as I usually lead into these things, I want to ask you guys parameters. And, and Jargo said something that I think we really need to stress on here is incredible statement is, you know, the importance back then of what we've seen, how the, how the industry's evolved, the importance of the promo. Back then, you talked yourself into, you know, long-running jobs and, and tenures in territories. It wasn't about these movesets. I mean, it was about that emotional connection through your vocal exchange, your body language. And there were so many other things, just besides what you were saying, how you were saying, and what that deeper message was, how you're projecting yourself uh, that was that was the ultimate importance behind a promo, and it's something that seems to be completely lost today. And and now you've even got to where, you know, something that would almost be laughable 15, 20, certainly a quarter century ago is accepted as an excellent promo by 2021 standards because you have got a complete fan base that is now conditioned into, well, we got to get through all that. It's about a moveset. Uh, you know, it's you talk, you know, is now I'm starting to talk to these younger talents and, and booking them. And as I share the philosophies of what we're doing with the Pro Wrestling Alliance, and, and I always say, you know, guys, we're looking for that classic old school feel. That, that, that's the foundation mentality that we want. And so many of them say, oh, you mean like ruthless aggression? And, and, and then at that point, uh, I seriously consider pulling out my pro wrestling fan card, not only handing it in ripping it up, whatever, but then personally going to the nearest bridge and jumping off of it myself. So I, that's where we're at. But with that said, there's also, I don't really have anybody on my list that predates the late 1970s because I just never saw the promos. You know, I mean, guys that were cutting promos back in the early 70s, the 60s, when it was, you know, bingo halls that were filled with smoke and one spotlight on the ring. I know they were talking people into the buildings. I've just never seen them. Right. right. You just you just know Gorgeous George was a, a, a good promo guy. Exactly. From stories stuff. You haven't really heard so many of them. So, of course, you know, obviously he can be brought up. I, I didn't have him on my list because I haven't heard, like you haven't heard too many of his promos. But I know, obviously, he, he was uh, Muhammad Ali loved him. I mean, so many guys loved him. And I know the stories of him, and I've heard very few of his promos. I didn't list him on there, but in thinking about it, him and, like, classy Freddie Blass, he probably should be included in the list just because even if you've only heard a tidbit, you know the drawing power. You know that they were bringing people into the building, and you know how important they were to the wrestling business. I mean, man, to, to, to give Muhammad Ali a, like a – I was going to uh, say, he, he's not eligible, right? It's crazy. <laughs> <I> <laughs> I say Ali's not eligible for this, right? Because no, the influence no. that he could. So all of those guys, uh, I love to say that too, Paz. We're going to put them in our WWE Hall of Fame legacy wing right now. Yeah. <laughs> the guys that kind of reset the, you know, what we what we've come to know is the me. I guess the media boom where we've had the video and we have all that archive footage. So they are in our legacy wing of this conversation. And it, it's also different to different people. What makes a good promo? 
You know, like I, I know I just in talking with Rick a little bit about this last night, his opinion, the greatest promo of all time is somebody I have absolutely zero use for as a professional wrestling fan. I didn't like him then. I don't like him now. And to me, he was always a mid card act. Whereas for Rick, that's the greatest promo of all time. So it, it's something that's very specific to the viewer or the listener in this. And, 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 and the listeners are going to find out, you as well, Paz. That is why I am a promo sapien and Jargo is a promophobe. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Huckleberry. Well played. So obviously, let's start it off. We mentioned a few guys that would definitely be in that legacy wing. There's no doubt about it. Gorgeous George, obviously a huge legend. Classy Freddy Blassie. Cannot, you know, not name him. Can't forget about him. What about obviously? And you throw in Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, and, and guys of that ilk and of that nature. But they weren't on my list as far as thinking of who is the absolute greatest. First guy, gonna throw out there the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, Jargo. You mentioned him, RBV. I know you're very high on him, as as well. You should be. Guys today are still. I mean, you're talking about football. We're talking about basketball. We're talking about all walks of life quoting promos from him you see at espn uh, some guy was trying to do uh the whole thing on um, the ufc that he was quoting flair conor mcgregor copies off of him i mean so many guys are quoting him and using him got to be considered one of the best if not the best promo guy no i'd say you know we, we just mentioned ali you know from the boxing world and and what you know how just what he's meant to pro wrestling but you know how he transcended into other sports almost rick flair has that same appeal and that same attraction for a modern day athlete and it's just not inside of pro wrestling as you said pause it's across the board sports entertainment you see it in politics you know people want to get rick flair involved because it goes back to even if you you know if you weren't a diehard fan just so many of those memorable just drive home cuts inside of those promos that have la- outlasted time. Uh, and, and they, they, they're so magnificent, as you said, they exceed beyond the realm of professional wrestling. And outside of that, you know, the delivery, the energy, the excitement, you know, anyone could go out there and, and spew off a string of, you know, a fancy put together words or, you know, come up with their little script or, you know, pre ideas, their bullets, what they want to do. But the true, the true brilliance is in how you project that. And, and not just in the projection, it's, you know, like that tractor beam that goes out there. Do you, are they going to feel it enough? And are you going to pull them in? Are you going to pull them, pull them, pull them in? And a nature boy, absolutely right up there at the very top of it. Number one on my list, there's absolutely no question in my mind when, when we talk about not only the promo, when we talk about the cadence, we talk about the voice, we talk about the, the vocabulary. I At the end of the day, I come down to who talked people into buildings. Ric Flair probably talked more people into buildings than anybody over the course of professional wrestling history, at least if you adjust for inflation, right? I mean, Ric Flair would cut you a 60-second promo, and within 60 seconds, you would want to see him get his ass kicked by whoever your local hero is. And he was cutting those promos five times a week, six times a week, seven times a week. Hell, we'll do it twice on Sunday because he was the nature boy, Ric Flair. All you had to do was give him a microphone, tell him who his opponent was, and he would sell you on that fact. That, to me, that's the greatest promo of all time. He's 
got to be considered, and he definitely has to be up there. And we're mentioning him first, really, out of the gate for a reason. Think about like just the stuff that he would say that is just memorable or a catchphrase before catchphrases were cool and you're putting them on T-shirts and stuff. I mean, he's saying it. People are remembering it. People are wooing. People are saying Space Mountain. Long, Can you imagine uh, the merchandise slide, machine back slide. then? Oh, God. If he would have had access to a modern merchandise machine back then, I mean, right. the, the prophecy he would have had. Jar, you say, give him a microphone. Now I'm picturing him making these towns. The hell with the microphone. You give him something on the rocks and tell him there's a limousine full of ladies waiting on him. But, hey, champ, we got we need you to cut 10, 10 promos on 10 different towns right now. He probably knocks those out in 30 minutes, and, and he's, already, he's rocking and rolling out the door. I think the other thing that made Flair so good, and there's a lot of guys who still have not figured this out, you know, some 30, 35 years later, uh, not to point anybody out by name, Dolph Ziggler, but they just like to scream into a microphone. Dynamics is one of the things that makes such a great promo. If you can start talking softly, you can start getting your point across, and then you just ramp yourself up so that there's so much intensity, and then you got to bring it back down just a little bit because you got to refocus for the match. Like Flair just had all of that in a package very, very early on that we would see copied, I'm sure, until the end of time at this point. And it's funny because so many people have tried to, you know, copy what he's doing, obviously, and and they think that's like the cool thing to do. But he, only he could do that. I mean, only he's the one being cool, and and doing those awesome promos. But man, Flair is—he's the first guy I thought of, the first name I wrote down. The second guy, his mortal enemy, arch rival, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes was the second guy I thought of when I thought of greatest promos are you with me on this one rick rick you shake your head no i don't know why but uh, no, I, I don't have him in in my top Whoa. tier of talents what? there what? uh I, 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 it's no it's no disrespect i mean we've got some great individuals to talk about here uh i think you know really is dusty was magnificent and he's got some of those lines those tremendous lines uh that you know are going to ring out through the history of professional wrestling and what really set him off is because of as excited as we just were to talk about Ric Flair and as exciting as he was, Dusty fed off of that because he was, and he knew to play exactly the opposite role. It came from his roots, you know, before those two found each other, you know, it was Dusty stick, but it didn't really boom. It didn't really hit home. It, It didn't go to that next level until you had Flair opposed to him to set that thing off. We know how good of a promo Dusty Rhodes is because we're, we're, we're scholars of professional wrestling. We went back, we've heard all this stuff, everything that we've read, everything that we know in hindsight. How much is Dusty hurt by the fact that by the time he actually made it mainstream on national television, he was doing Vince McMahon promos and wearing polka dots. Like I, I, I feel like that really holds dusty back. If dusty would have been cutting the promos that he was cutting in Florida before he went to New York, I think we would look at dusty a little bit differently, but I I'm completely with Rick. I have dusty on my list, of course, but I have him all the way down at number 13. And if we were doing individual greatest promos ever, Hard times is going to be like top five, unquestionably, right? Yes. Yeah. But it's, it's the it. number of great promos over the course of the years. I'd like to say, you know, you if you go top 10 single greatest, Dutchies at least has two, maybe three in there. But as right. I was saying, you know, this is a collective work. It is, you know, it's, 
you know, outside of hard times, I mean, I, I loved a bunch of stuff when he was down there under the mask, some of the stuff he, that he was cutting, you know, down in Florida. I thought that was magnificent. But now, if, I, I, if you don't I, have the context, do those promos work? Can you like just look up those promos on YouTube without any context and be like, damn, that was a great promo? Yeah, I guess it is because you're in that moment. I don't want to hold too much about it against somebody. I won't, I won't subtract because of that, but I will give it, I will give it to somebody. Hey, if I have no clue what the hell you're talking about, did this thing move me? So I, and I will give bonus points for that. Hey, I do want to disagree with you on something here, Jago. I, I want to give Dusty a little more credit for going up there, putting on the polka dots and making those promos work. There is that. There is that. I mean, I mean, they could have been absolute trash, but I mean, he got yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think there's anybody inside of professional wrestling that, that could have gone up there and made that work outside of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, 100%. Yep, he was unbelievable. I gotta, I don't know, I throw him out there, maybe because of the flair factor too. They're kind of dueling and going in you know, a little hey, Batman, it, it, Batman Joker thing going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's gonna say, you know, the, the Joker needs Batman, Batman needs a Joker. It's a dance partner, and you're gonna complement each other. And those two absolutely knew it. But when you look at the quantity, just throughout that feud that would go on for years and years and years, most of the great promos throughout that program, I give the flair, not Dusty. Hmm. Okay. Dusty's got some good ones in there. For well, sure. and, and like I said at the beginning, maybe that's just personal taste too, you know? So with Dusty, with flair, there's another guy who dominated that era from the other organization. And Jargo, you knew this was coming. Gotta be up there. He might be the best. The immortal Hulk Hogan. RBV, I'm gonna jump in before you on this one because pause. I knew you were gonna pull this crap. You and do I it, brother. Picture, and I found a picture sent to Rick of him with the Intercontinental title. But damn it, I wish I saw a few weeks ago. Damn it. I have Hulk Hogan <laughs> on my list. At number 21. Number 21. However, if we're going to bring up Hulk Hogan, let's talk about the guy who's number two on my list, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. Hulk Hogan, he, he may have cut some great promos over the course of the years, brother. But number one, they were incredibly formulaic. And number two, he was playing off of Bobby Heenan, who is one of the greatest talkers of all freaking time. If you want somebody that could talk people into a building, not only could Bobby Heenan talk you into a building to see him get his ass kicked, to see his talent get his ass kicked, but he could make everybody else on the card too, just within the span of about a minute and a half. So yes, Hogan does make my list, but Bobby the Brain Heenan, way higher on my list. Rick? Uh, Hulk Hogan himself, tremendous energy, great body language, but what were, but it was really derived off of catchphrases. Uh, as as Jargo said, there was always a formula, very systematic. And was there a deeper speech, deeper meaning inside of it? It's it was usually very generic and what he was presenting there. And as Jargo puts it, you know, you, you have the ultimate foil there. Bobby Heenan representing the family, whoever. And it's so many times was opposed to Hogan throughout that great run. It was, you know, Heenan would would hype it up so much. It was, okay, is this going to be the time that they get Hogan? Is he finally going to get got? 
or we, we need to be there for Hogan. They have his number this time. The Hulkamania, we got to rally behind him. They, they had that tremendous formula, you know, where the audience believed you know, Hulkamania was a real deal. It was and, also, is Hogan finally going to get Heenan? Because, I mean, one punch to Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan was dead. Like, he was more fragile than Red Shoes Uno, right? Now, but, I mean, Bobby Heenan, you wanted to see him get his, too. And he, Hogan would always get so close, and then somebody would stop now, but here's another thing, you know, because it was such a, a tremendous run, and it's, and I know it was from our, our childhood, and sometimes when you look back and you think like, man, it seems like that took my entire childhood, but when you look back, it's a short window, and really the Heenan-led programs against Hogan, they weren't that long of a stretch. I mean, it was a very brief window, and then you had other, you know, other managers kind of filling in their certain points. You had Hogan moving towards different individuals that didn't necessarily work. Not that they didn't need Heenan, but you know, they didn't have that alignment. So he would go in other directions. One of the only holdbacks I would have against Heenan, and I don't have him in my top five, is I think we we truly remember how great he is. Not simply, you know, not because of the promo, and that's what we're talking about, is him as an overall talker, and it's because of what he brought to the commentary is really what stands out in people's minds. Is he the first commentator that you remember that was cutting promos on commentary? Like, because there there was so much of pro wrestling announcing where you would have your narrator, you would have your play-by-play, but when it came to color, Bobby Heenan's like the first guy that really stands out to me that he was purposely like cutting promos from the commentary booth to get everybody on the show over because he was so good on the stick. I think Heenan, maybe not the first, because you know, I do remember seeing Dutch doing that a little bit. That's true. Uh, but, yep. but Heenan, but you know, Dutch doing it in a territory area. I mean, Heenan's right. got a much grander stage here, and Heenan brought an extraordinary energy with him. Uh, where you had Dutch was a little bit more laid back in, in how he would, you know, when he would kind of cut that promo through the color man's position. Uh, I'd say, really remembering it, Heenan or Ventura. Yeah, Jesse the Body Ventura also on my list for a lot of the same reasons that I have Bobby Heenan on the list. I would agree with that. Um, now, now, pause back. Kick it back to you for the Hogan thing here. Come on, come to the defense of of your of your your man, brother. Come on, the ultimate Hulkamaniac over there. That's why I would definitely put Hogan over Ventura and Bobby the Brain, and maybe not Flair, but probably Dusty, for the fact that it was a memorable. Yes. Did he draw people into the building? What are you saying? Yes. Did he create an electricity? Yes. Was everybody hanging on every word he said? Yes. Was it a little formulaic? Sure. But that it worked. Why go away from what worked? I don't He's know if they were hanging there. on every word. I think they were just kind of leaning in like this because they were trying to understand <laughs> to make sure they heard what he said. Like, what did he, what did he say? Hey, you know, even Bret Hart said that Hogan was one of the best promos. And Bret does not like Hulkster. So got to throw that in there. Kind of along the same lines, almost as a rib. I almost put the Ultimate Warrior on this list just because I'm still trying to decipher Ultimate Warrior promos from, you know, 45 years ago. Like, what the hell was he talking about? Warrior was, he came from that same school of Hogan. I mean, the the energy and the body language was tremendous. I mean, it was really just the content is ridiculous. It was almost to the point where when Hogan and Warrior almost the same there, it didn't matter what they were saying. You believed it. Love the energy. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. yeah. 
that one promo where Warrior basically says he's like killing Hogan is like you listen back, you're like, did he just say Hogan's gonna fly the airplane and he's gonna crash and he's gonna kill Hulk Hulkamania? Like it's kind of stark and disturbing, but you didn't really notice as a kid. You're like, Oh yeah, he's gonna win, yeah. But uh I I didn't have Warrior on my list, but that's that, that's an interesting one just for the fact that so damn charismatic you bought into whatever nonsense he was saying. Well, and it was the look, it was the colors, it was the voice, it was the gimmick, you know, like when you're eight years old and you're all about neon and muscle bound guys just going out there trying to kill Hulkamania, the power of the warriors. And he's like, what the hell is that guy talking about? Like to go back and listen to those promos now. It's just like, my God, well, that's, what, that's, that's what was I you, thinking? No, you, you weren't a warrior, Jargo. You, that's why you didn't understand it. You weren't in tune. Mm-hmm. You yeah. were, you know, the stars weren't aligned for you here. You know, <laughs> speak, speaking about that style, though, and, and what you saw, and so many people used it regularly back then. And I'm sure we're going to get to one of the individuals that did it, per- that set it off perfectly here. But that's something that's really missing in, in today's promo. You know, you have the interviewer come in. Well, here's another one, too. I mean, Mean Gene was a perfect compliment to anyone backstage. You know, he, he knew how to play. He knew how to push the interview forward. He knew how to move a direction. If you start getting off off track, he'd bring you back. Nowadays, it's you, you have people that have no idea about business. They're holding a microphone there. They're staring off into God knows where. There are no follow-ups. And you, you won't see an interaction, but just the individual itself, they just kind of stand still and talk in the mic. What was so great about, like, Warrior and Hogan, there was movement going on everywhere. Your eyes were drawn. Well, and it's a guy who did not make my list, although over the course of the last couple of years, he has cut some great promos, is John Moxley. John Moxley, when he is cutting a promo, that guy doesn't stop moving. If you're the camera guy, you got to kind of follow Moxley around the ring because he's a caged animal. He's pacing and he's thinking about what he's going to say, and it's so unhinged. Like, Rick, you're exactly right. It was the same way with Hogan and Warrior. It's like a Japanese cartoon. (laughs) You got to love it. With another guy on my list from that era, Hogan, Mortal Enemy. What about Rowdy Roddy Piper? Piper, very, very high on my list. I I don't think you can do a conversation about great promos and not have Roddy Roddy Piper. But Piper was a little bit different in the respect of Hogan that where Piper wasn't going out. He wasn't hitting catchphrases. He wasn't trying to be cute. He was just going out there fired up and cutting promos, right? Like Roddy Piper, his promo style was much closer to Ric Flair's than it ever was to Hulk Hogan's. Oh, when you're, you're talking about somebody, yep. when they came into the business knowing that, that they are, they're hungry for this, they want to be a part of professional wrestling. But I mean, this sounds crazy. But Piper was a small guy. And he was looking for an edge there. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to go out here with the, you know, the, these muscle heads. And I can't go out there and put all the, these power moves on and this spectacular. I, I don't look like one of these professional wrestlers. I got to find another. I got to find another angle. And he knew he could run his mouth. He was which, smart. He was articulate. He, he was street smart, which was really stood out and, and helped him out there. And the dedication and time that he put towards crafting perfecting the art of the promo is simply incredible there's there's a lot of guys that cut a good babyface promo there's a lot of guys that cut a good heel promo 
Roddy Roddy Piper, his style didn't change. Regardless of which side of the of the yellow legal pad he was on, he was going out and he was cutting the same promo. It was just a matter of do I want people to cheer it or do I want people to boo it the way that he would construct it. But it was it was basically the same promo, that same energy, that same cadence, the way that he would ramp things up, the way he would bring things back. I I'm sitting here looking at my list and I almost feel like I should have put Piper even a little bit higher. Yes. I love uh, Piper. As I dropped my phone here. Sorry about that. Um, Piper is definitely way, way up on my list. I feel like the guys of that time period, too, they just knew how to connect with the audience. Dusty, Piper, Flair, Hogan. You, you had to. That, I mean, if, you, if you're going to survive, I mean, you had to. As Drago said, I mean, for, for better or worse, and that being how you want them to feel about you, you had to get them, you had to move those turnstiles. You had to move the, the box office. And there wasn't the guarantees. You're worried about that house. So it, it falls on you if you're a top draw. And, and that's what you, you know, that's what everybody, that's hell. If you want to, if you're going to make it in, in the business, then you had to shoot for the top. With Piper and Hogan and Dusty and Flair and all these guys that we're mentioning, what about a guy that kind of was the precursor to them, kind of set it off for them? Hogan's influence. What about superstar Billy Graham and Dusty's influence too? Dusty's actually not his influence, his buddy. Jarry, you want to go first? I was just superstar Billy Graham. I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for the innovation. And again, it's kind of like the Dusty thing where it just wasn't on that stage. You know what I mean? Where by the time Hogan basically just copied everything that superstar Billy Graham was doing all the way down to the promo style. As far as I'm concerned, you know, like superstar Billy Graham was Hulk Hogan before Hulk Hogan was a thing. It was just, he was doing it more so on a regional basis in the territories where it didn't get all that national press. I superstar Billy Graham is to me, probably number two on my list of guys that don't get mentioned that probably should get mentioned. Yes. I was thinking him. He was one of the first guys I wrote down too. Cause I was like, man, like you think of Hogan, Hogan kind of got that influence from him big time. And just the way he, he could just talk again into the building and still thinking in my head, like, man, they should have turned him face. If you're going to do the backland thing, backland could have been the heel. Mm -hmm. Superstar Billy Graham takes the territory to the next level. And then who knows what happens with Hulkster after that, but it, he was so damn good with his promos. He was almost like a baby. I know he's the heel and getting booed, but he was getting cheered a lot at MSG. If you go back and watch, I mean, he was loved. Or he might, beginning to be loved. He might be the first really cool heel. Yes. Yep. I was going to say, you know, I, I always think with, with Superstar, he should be like number one of our legacy group. And, and I want to go a little bit further than just saying the influence he had on a Hogan, a, a Flair, somebody, or, you know, sampling things like that. What influence did he have when Vince McMahon is sculpting his image for sports entertainment? Right. Uh, and I think that's that's the greater impact that he left on this industry. Uh, and again, unfortunately, just because, you know, kind of lost in time before that great WrestleMania boom that so many people reflect on as history of wrestling right now, it, it, he kind of gets, you know, a little lost in, in the cards there. Uh, but I think, hell yeah, the... the the influence that he had on the direction and where professional wrestling as a whole would go is simply incredible. 
what about if we could go still stick with the 80s really i mean he came up in the 70s was a huge star huge star in the 80s still a star in the 90s still kind of going today what about jerry the king lawler number four on my greatest <laughs> promo Ooh, list of all time the king the king up there baby well and, and again we're talking about talking people into buildings right I, Memphis was one of the hottest territories for a reason, and it was all because of Jerry the King Lawler. Then he would go on to become a commentator and basically become a, a new era of Bobby Heenan, right? He was doing what Bobby Heenan was doing in the 80s. He was just doing it in the Monday Night Raw context, which, I mean, you want to talk about exposure. Nothing was getting more exposure than Monday Night Raw and Nitro in the 1990s. Lawler is so severely underrated as a talker because we got almost a caricature of Jerry the King Lawler at a certain point inside of the mid-90s when he was doing the puppies and he's just healing on people for the sake of healing on people. To me, what really elevates Jerry the King Lawler, you don't even need the context for. Go back and watch the appearance on David Letterman with Andy Kaufman and, and just watch Jerry, the King Lawler and his masterful talking ability. It, it, it's incredible to, to see how good Jerry, the King Lawler was at that period of time. Yeah. Simply, you know, uh, Jargo talking about, Hey, it's such a good promo. Not only talk people in the building, he talked himself into 18 year olds. Uh, the, the King is one of the all-time best. I want to do give a, an honorable mention here. I, I know the longevity, but we've seen so many people try to cross over and fail. Kaufman himself stepping into the world of professional wrestling and be able to deliver that promo and those two playing off of one another. Uh, but again, yeah, and I think what, a lot of people just haven't been able to see the King's work because they don't study the territories like that. And what I really enjoyed about his is, you know, someone like a Flair and the Hogan's that we're talking about or the Pipers that we get really excited at times. King would stay calm. And so when he did get a little excited or, or that temper flared up, you you really paid attention because you knew it was about to get real. Okay, it's not, not, not just the King right now. You, you got him pissed off a little bit. This is serious. Now we really need to pay attention. So it was such a different delivery, a different style, and it was so effective. Again, I think, though, is you know when he goes to the WWE, we never got to see him to work those great extended programs. Even the program with, with Brett, there was, you know, like the kiss my foot stuff and all this, and then bringing in all, you know, I'm going to bring in my dentist to beat you up. It was a little hard to take serious, and you didn't have those opportunities for those great promos, which I think, you know, if you would have let them just go off one another, I think that would have helped Brett in, his, in that part of his career maybe craft and sculpt his promo abilities. But yes, as a talker, and I, th- I think there's a difference there between promo and talker, we remember King so much from the greatness on commentary as, as we do Heenan. With, you know, kind of sticking old school and, and talking about guys from maybe the South that are great promo guys. What about Jim Cornette, the great Jim Cornette? Here we freaking go. Number yes. 30 on my list is Jim Cornette. I have absolutely no use for Jim Cornette. I didn't have any use for Jim Cornette 40 years ago. I don't have any use for Jim Cornette now. I, I have no positive things to say about Jim Cornette, which that alone gets him to make my list. 
number 30 you remember that number 30 is an absolute crime against humanity my friend i i'm gonna put you right up there with the likes of hitler at this point <laughs> why not i mean that's the new trendy thing to do somebody says right. something you don't like yes. you're hitler you are a nazi you are an absolute <laughs> nazi to the core I thought your I thought your hair just fell out. I didn't know you were shaving it off. <laughs> Jim Cornette, I've got him at number one. So we're going from thirty to one right here. We are talking about an individual, you know, to be is absolutely one of the most articulate, witty, entertaining, explosive, incredible energy. The, the guy that never meant. To never step, never meant to step inside of the ring. Solely worked his way into a manager's job, but because he had the gift of gab, he'd hit you with that jab, that right, that right, that left, bam, haymaker. He would sit the the heat magnet would blow the the roof off the building. Somehow, as a manager, a guy never supposed to step in this damn ring, never supposed to be in, in the competitions with the likes of a Dusty or a Flair for those big spots. Would actually be, would become and rise up to the number one heel, the biggest heat magnet in territories wherever he go. I think he, here's my thing, right? There are movies out there that some people think are very, very good, and some people think are very, very funny. Like take Pineapple Express, for example, right? Like when that came out, a group of my friends thought it was the funniest damn movie ever made. And so I sit down and I watch Pineapple Express and I made it through about a half hour of it. And it was eye rolling, inducing, stupid. That's pretty much how I feel about Jim Cornette, too. Just I, eye rolling, I, inducing, you, you, I think you're going, you're going with a personal flavor here. And I, I might be here myself, but let me take it stepping back. And looking at the Sam, I mean, really look at what he did. I mean, the energy that he would bring, he could flow in any situation. He perfectly, he was what he was a little bit, you know, in that Piper where he was always Jim Cornette, but then he, he could work, for, you know, it was unthinkable that he would ever be a baby face. But when he did, he still had that same energy. He still came with that same flow, that, that same kind of, you know, smart Alec. Uh, standoffish attitude, but he would adjust it to to see if he wanted that crowd to get behind him, or if they wanted him to attack him. And that's what he did. He, you look at this; he's working with, he's in the corner of one of the greatest tag teams in the in the Midnight Express. They're opposed to one of the greatest tag teams in the in the Rock and Roll, and somehow in there, we're in the conversations because it was about Jim Cornette. He was the star of his team. And it was all about someone getting their hands on him, 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 and that big payoff, that big bump. That's what people were. That, they were buying the tickets for that thing. And, and he had mentioned bringing people in. You had rock and roll in midnight working the B towns, and they're out drawing the A show. You got where Dusty and Rick are saying, "Hey, we need you on this car because we got to build up. We want our house because we're going to take that big cut in that main event." And, and Jordan, you'd mentioned something to me as we're talking about this, you know, before air and all this. You said. But it, was he just mid card? Was he main event? And I start and I go back and I look at this. You know, there's times where Cornette got to go out there and and work just here or there with Dusty with with Blair, and he absolutely could shine. So then you go look at who's got the book at certain times there. Dusty, Rick. They didn't want Cornette working opposed to them. They didn't want him stealing their damn light because they knew he was that good. Now. We're talking, we're talking what decades ago. 
when he's out there in his prime. Hell, when he goes to WWE, you know, that they put him in those prime spots, that they're going to put him in with those main eventers because they can't, you know, get themselves over. They, they've got to have someone here. Vader, Yokozuna, uh, all those little bit, the, the oddity projects, that, not the actual oddities, but, you know, those strange and bizarres that they would run out there. Who do they rely on? Cornette, go out and get him over. One of Cornette's, Cornette's greatest promos is, you know, when he's talking about how sick he is of the current wrestling industry. Absolute brilliance. Now let's fast forward. 2021. 20, arguably, uh, he's not even involved in pro wrestling. He's a podcaster. But he still arguably cuts one of the best promos in the business today. Pause. where are you at with Cornette? Do you have him closer to the top of your list or do you have him closer to the bottom of your list? He's in the top 10, easily, for me. I have him very high on my list. I'm so and, disappointed in you. I should have expected that from a Hogan fan. Love love me some Cornette. I think he's, I think he's the man. Personally and professionally, I think he's great. Um, but he uh, definitely can talk you in the building or you know, talk people into wanting to kill him and, and riot. So I feel like he was definitely up there. Has to be, has to be. And the guy makes all this money podcasting, basically cutting promos on people and doing those cameos make a hundred bucks a pop. So I got to put him high up on my list. Another guy from that era, from that territory, uh, talking about JCP, of course, that I put very, very high up on my list. Sometimes I think was a better promo than Flair, just because kind of um, taste, I guess you could say, but double A, Arn Anderson. Make, did he make the list? I've got Arn Anderson on my list. Um, Arn was the perfect gang to Rick's gang. When Ric Flair would come out and he would cut those fiery, inspired, lunatic promos. Yep. And then they would give the microphone to Arn Anderson and it was soft and it was quiet and it was cerebral. And he would tell you exactly what we're going to do to you when we get you inside of that ring. And you believed it. He was the perfect yang to Flair's yang or vice versa. You know what was brilliant with Arn? You 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 zoned in. You damn sure paid attention because you had to. Mm-hmm. It was like when your dad was yelling at you. When he's giving you that stern look and talking to him. That that's what it was. That's where you're glued in. And it's that preciseness, it's that killer instinct, and you're damn well gonna listen. Because you know if you don't, you know, somebody's getting it. Another guy very much like Arne Anderson that I have pretty high on my list is Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, yeah. where, where people would go out and they would cut those yelling promos, Dolph Ziggler. Jake the Snake would talk very, very quietly and very, very slowly. So you would really have to listen to what it was that he was saying. It was yeah. a completely different style of promo and just as effective probably more so just because of the contrast to everything else that was going on around him. You know what's great about the Jake the Snake promos? And as you said, Jargo, is because with that that vibe and that energy, that feeling that he, he would pull you in with as a kid. It was knew, dangerous. You knew it was dangerous. And again, if he was either working baby or heel, you knew it was dangerous. But he really reminds you, okay, so you, you know – you know you got to listen to pay attention, and you know you're going to feel a certain way. But he reminds me of like those classic, you know, '80s television shows that I didn't get as a kid. But now I go back and I have a whole new meaning. Now you go back and you really listen to Jake, mm-hmm. and it's like, 
That's no, he's just, he's, just not, he's just he's just not like Warrior and Hogan and them that are just yelling what absurdities to you know get your energy going and all this and talk like what okay what are you talking about? I mean, Jake's got some deep dark stuff going on inside there. Uh, now, I, I think that would be an incredible show or project for somebody themselves to go back there and analyze like get like get some like actual. Jorge, you went to school for this. <laughs> it's what you got your degrees in. Go back there and really like dissect and analyze. Get Jake involved. Man. I, I hate to take him back to one of those places because he's doing so well. But you know, as long as he could handle it, okay. Where were you at right now, man? What's going? What's truly going through your mind? Uh, I mean, you, you got some trippy stuff going on. Yeah. Oof, man, he was a dark and uh, devious guy uh, for sure, but awesome promo, so memorable. What about the macho man, Randy Savage? Ooh, yeah, it's got to be very, very high on the list. If he's not, he better be. I've got him number eight on my list, um, and the biggest reason why – I he is another one of those guys, kind of like Dusty, where you can go back and you pick the greatest hits of the macho man, Randy Savage, and they were really good, great hits, right? But – some of the promos did get into that Hogan warrior territory where it was just, what the hell is he talking about? Hmm. But the positive thing about Savage that really elevates him up the card is everybody has a macho man, Randy Savage impression. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to copy the macho man, Randy Savage and his style of promo and just the longevity and how well that has stuck throughout the course of pro wrestling history, I feel like it actually elevates Savage up the list where he wouldn't have been if it wasn't for how distinct that voice was and the cadence and the intensity to the macho man. Uh, that's, that's pretty, that's kind of cool. A little spinoff conversation here, but what do you, and I do want to see, I was, you know, when we were talking about those guys earlier, that era with, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're loud, your movement, you got bright colors, I said someone perfected it. I meant the macho man. He was absolutely, it, it, you know, heads above those other, anyone using that style back then. He was simply incredible. And and I do want to say, even going back and listen to macho, he's one of those two like Jake, go back and really listen to him. Cause even when it says, when it sounds like he might not be saying something he is. And I didn't really always believe that with Hogan and Moyer. I think macho always had, always had a reason, a rhyme and a reason for what he was saying there. And you, and you think about this, what you said is something, when we talk about those that have stood the test of time here, you've got, you know, woo, you got that that stood. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, hell yeah. If you smell, brother. I mean, there's only a few of those that it's just everybody samples. And you, got, you can go outside of the wrestling bubble and you hear people using those and they'll know what you're referencing. And I think that's truly the, you know, the mark of, inside of that it, it, if you touch people it's also the definition of over right like you could walk up to any random tom dick or harry on the street and ask them for a macho man randy savage impression and they're gonna do one i like because the macho man was over yes now you mentioned a couple of guys here what about the rock gotta be up there Rick, I know you've got a diatribe about Dwayne, uh, so I'll, I'll go first. I have the rocket number six. Um, originally, when we had started this conversation, Rick and I last night, and he's like, we're doing best promo tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, that my top three are going to be Flair, Rock, and Austin. 
And it, that just seemed like a foregone conclusion to me until I really started diving in a bit further into, you know, actually drawing money and whatnot. The Rock might be the best scripted promo of all time. I, there, there's so many of these guys that we're talking about that would go out there and just off the cuff in the in the territory days were drawing people into the building. When Rock was on top, when Rock was cutting all those great promos, the buildings were already full because the brand was so hot. You weren't trying to talk people into buildings. You were trying to entertain people. And that's really where that change happened and rock pretty well had the scripted promo the story time promo go out and stand in a ring for 10 minutes with a microphone and entertain people promo the rock is probably the best at that rick all right uh it's that time in the show again the rock ruined pro wrestling it's true. And, and it's simply because you know he is that one as jargo said he is the perfect scripted promo He's the, he's the one that we hear about that truly embraced working with backstage with a Hollywood writer. They're sitting down and going through their segments. Who Rock himself would sit there in the back. Okay, these are my catchphrases. This is where I'm going to hit them. Uh, not only was he so damn good at it that he left professional wrestling in, uh, oh, yeah, he's only the number one movie star in the world now. So now you've got where everyone's okay. Look, Damn, The Rock did this. Why can't you go out there and do it? now? And they're thinking, oh, I can do that. Now Now they're using professional wrestling. No one wants to get in the business to be a professional wrestler anymore. They want to get in the business to be a rock and hopefully get discovered to go get their own spinoff reality series to, to get a directly to DVD or whatever, or directly to uh, streaming now movie, and then hopefully it become a box office superstar. But you got everybody dreaming to be The Rock. There's only one rock. And uh, and he was absolutely magnificent. Uh, it, it everything. I mean, the body language. And, and I guess what compliments Rock more too is even on script, he knew where and how to to kind of go on the fly to work with audiences. He wouldn't go out there and panic if something wasn't going his way. He knew what he wanted to say. He knew his direction, and he knew how to pivot if he had to. And and I think. That's not. That's what they can't handle today. How many times do we see they go out there and in their mind you can absolutely. I mean, you can see where their lights like they're, they turn into a deer in the headlights. Well, I wasn't expecting that here, or you know, I, I've lost my train of thought. Where the hell was I? It, it's hard to stay with that there. And Rock absolutely could do that. And nowadays you see that, and you see a a, a promo go straight to hell just like that because they don't have those abilities. We we saw it Monday night on Raw with John Cena. As soon as they started hitting John Cena with the what chance, it was just like, like it caught Cena off guard. He wasn't expecting that in any way, shape, or form. Rock also, I don't really remember, like for me, when I was growing up, promos were, you know, you, you would have the interviewer, you would have the guy being interviewed, he would talk for 90 seconds, and we would move on. We didn't have a whole lot of back and forth, the give and take. I think one of the things that made Rock so good was when he was cutting promos with other people going opposite of them, the body language while the other person was talking, the way he'd whip his head around as soon as somebody said something that he didn't like, the body language and the timing really elevates Rock up the list too. What about his nemesis for a brief period of time? What about Jericho? 
I was I, just going to say, one of those memorable one-on-ones was the debut of Jericho. Yeah, oh yeah. Chris Jericho might be one of the greatest talkers of the past 25 years. Um, and he would be way higher on my list if we weren't talking about a lot of these guys from the 70s and the 80s and the territory days. Chris Jericho literally got a piece of paper over twice. He got the word it over. But the thing that is so masterful about Jericho to me was he would change his promo style. He would go from the over lambastic baby face to the quiet talking heel to the mega rock star, all kind of depending on his character. There's not necessarily a Jericho promo. You just always knew that when Jericho was going to have a microphone, you needed to pay attention because you don't know what that guy is going to say. I'd say, you know, Jericho is arguably from ruthless aggression till now, arguably the best promo. Uh, and it That's is awesome. because he's able to, he's able to change with those times and how many he continues to reinvent himself. He can, he stays in with the trends. He knows the, how to talk to the different audiences. He knows how to keep you on edge of your seat. Uh, he, and he, again, if something goes off the tracks, Jericho is usually pretty damn excellent about bringing it back to where he wants to be, keeping track of himself. So I know, uh, I think in the last maybe year, maybe some of that's, you know, he's, he's gotten a couple shots at him here. But, you know, he's working under some extreme circumstances, I feel, trying to help AEW grow as a promotion and find their direction. There was a lot of pressure there. But you just talk about a charisma and a personality. Pause. You know, you were, you were fortunate enough to, you know, to sit down with him with an exclusive and clipping that thing out. I probably listened to that thing, hell, 12, 15 times in about a two-week period. And it was because I necessarily had to go back and and keep listening to it because I wanted to. Because there's just something there's something just awesome about what Jericho's talking. And if you really listen to him, it's about that passion. And it's an inspiration that kind of, okay, that drives, that can drive you personally towards other projects. And when it comes to professional wrestling, the guy just gets it. You know, Jargo talked about when him and Austin were sitting down talking, it it was two two guys in their personas having a conversation and working everybody else. Yeah, what about Stone Cold Steve Austin? He's got to be very, very high up on the list. If not the tippy top, Jargo, I know who he is. I've got him number seven on my list, right behind Dwayne. Uh, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. I mean, that alone elevates him into the top 10, right? I mean, just the, the delivery of that line and the way that now we've heard the story of how that all came about. Austin, when he, he had this uncanny ability, regardless if he's working as a babyface or if he's working as a heel or if he's doing comedy, if it was really, really serious, if it was something more lighthearted, like Austin had that ability to where he could, much like Jericho, he could just shift gears, right? He, okay, we're going to do this now. Oh, we're going to do this now. But Austin, the most effective Stone Cold Steve Austin promo, he didn't say a damn word. He just flipped two middle fingers and gave Vince a stunner, right? Like hmm. that alone was a great promo. Well, it goes to the body language. And let's let's go before the Stone Cold. Hey, you saw it. You, you nope. saw the makings going back to stunning going to ECW when he's superstar. Yes. And and you go back, you look at those things there. Steve Austin believed in himself then. He knew what he had. 
It was about catching that break, catching that moment. Now, it might have been when he delivered the 316 line that the rest of the world woke up and realized he's got it. We've got something very special in front of us. I think that's probably when, when Austin realized, okay, this is my moment. I've been kicking this damn wall long enough. I finally broke a couple bricks through. Now I got to burst through the, the whole way here. I got a Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid man this thing myself. But going even way, all the way back to stunning Steve, he believed it. He was bringing it. You know, some of the stuff, especially with him and the blondes, when him and Pillman were working together, the interaction that they would have with Flair and Arn. You know, who, and I'm, I'm sure we're probably going to get to Pillman somewhere here shortly. You talk about, damn, I, brilliance right there, but behind that mind. But to have those guys working together. And, and then would I just remember when he goes to ECW, when he's, hell, if it was just going out there and interrupting Sandman and Whipwreck, or if he's doing the, the backstage vignettes where he's firing himself or whatever the case might be. Hell, we talk about Dusty going there and getting over in the polka dots. Hell, Austin was was making the ringmaster work. And then he has that moment where finally he's kicking that wall and the rest of the world realizes how damn special Steve Austin is. And from there, I mean, it's off and running, been changing professional wrestling history. I, I would just like to say I would have put Stone Cold above the rock if it wasn't for that goddamn what chant. <laughs> the fact that that is still happening in 2021 is just not Hold acceptable. On. Hold on. You know what? This, we, we have got a historic show here. Stone Cold ruined wrestling. There you go. Uh, the rock of Stone Cold have ruined wrestling. Some other names I want to throw out there, of course, wearing a shirt right now. Now, now I've ruined wrestling because I've compared Stone Cold and the rock to Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. <laughs> another guy i want to mention wearing a shirt right now terry funk gotta throw his name out there and if you want to just say kind of a one-off or or not a one-off but one year of great promos bret hart's 97 was was phenomenal probably the best promo of the of his year obviously it doesn't count all, all across but i want to throw that out there and just for modern guys only two guys i could think of were john cena and the miz couldn't really think of anybody else that was, you know, worth a damn as far as promos. Um, and, and is there anybody I'm missing? Anybody that I haven't mentioned? I, I, I've got a couple names that I want to throw out here before we wrap up. Um, okay. I, I did have Miz on my list, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes is a Ooh, guy that I had yes. on my list going back yes. to his time down in world class. Uh, Kurt Angle was a fantastic promo back in the day. Uh, you want to talk about some current guys. Kevin Owens makes my list, especially if you want to go back to the Kevin Steen days in ROH. Uh, Owens is an absolutely incredible promo, and it's a damn shame that they try to script him inside of a WWE context. By comparison, guys that need to be scripted, Raven and Bray Wyatt, who I basically have together because I feel like they're very much the same promo where they would just talk in riddles and never really say anything whatsoever, but everybody was incredibly intrigued. Uh, Eddie Kingston, I think, is a seriously underrated promo, and he might be the best promo in wrestling right now. But to go back in time, a couple of names that we didn't mention that I have in my top five. I was going to say, there's some out there screaming. How did we not mention some of these? Nick Bockwinkle? Ooh, I did have him, and I didn't mention him. Yes, yes. Nick Bockwinkle is my number five promo of all time. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are not familiar yeah. with the, the work of Nick Bockwinkle at the AWA, go back and watch some of those promos. I mean, especially, especially him and Heenan together at times. Yes, yeah. I agree. Perfect. Um, it, 
if you enjoyed Chris Jericho's, if you understand the words that I'm saying to you right now, I mean, that was basically straight out of the Nick Bockwinkle playbook. Like that was an entire career of that era of Chris Jericho. But the one that really surprised me that we haven't talked about is number three on my list. Come on, Paz. You dropped the ball, man. Paul Heyman. Yes. Paul freaking Heyman, right? Okay. I mean, dear God. If, if He's you on my talk, list, too. I forgot to mention it, but okay. I, I've I, got I, him number three on my list. I mean, Paul Heyman has been cutting killer promos, whether it's as a, a promoter, whether it's as a commentator, whether it's as a manager. I mean, Jesus Christ, he got Roman Reigns over to the point where people all of a sudden like Roman Reigns, even though he's a heel. Uh, Paul Heyman, I, just absolutely masterful on that microphone. And a, and a gentleman who can work in so many different scenarios and in so many different eras and the evolution of Heyman, uh, absolutely incredible. I, I'm surprised. I didn't know positive you were saving him for his own episode. I was wondering as we're getting up the clock, you know, where, you know, when we're going to talk about Heyman. But I think, you know, as our listeners, I don't think we have to overly put over Paul Heyman uh, oh, because no. he has remained relevant. And they do get to regularly see him and appreciate he, what he has brought to professional wrestling. Though. Big downfall. Cut the same promo for like 10 years in a row with Lesnar. Big, big downfall. And he kind of the the Roman Reigns, I mean, you get kind of given – I almost give Reigns credit for helping him get back on the horse because, man, he was pretty bad for a few years there. And I, and I like Heyman, but, it, man, those promos were awful. I, like the Lesnar, same exact promo. I know what he's trying to do, but it, it just didn't work. So I almost take off points where he was bad for a period of time with his promos for sure. And when Punk, who we didn't mention we should, was a great promo, was kind of carrying him a I little was, bit. I always felt Punk was overrated this promo. And I know people love the pipe bomb. I just I don't, I don't put the appeal with it. I don't put Heyman in the same category as Bobby the Brain and, and, and uh, Cornette. I think he's a notch below. I, I think Punk's best work was Straight Edge Society and his Ring of Honor days. I was going to say ROH when he was a heel, yeah. Um, a couple other names that didn't get mentioned that I think we, we at least have to throw out there for conversation purposes. Uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, I yes. always thought, was a great promo. Didn't uh, need Heenan. Did not no. need Heenan. Well, I think to appreciate Rude, you go, you go look at the WCW work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Ted DiBiase, the million yes. dollar man. I, yes. He's another one of those guys that got to, you know, Randy Savage levels of over. Uh, Mick Foley is a name that we didn't talk about. Who Unbelievable is, promo. Yep. Incredible promo. Uh, and then the one that I'm surprised that you didn't bring up, Paz, and, and this is my last one for the list. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. I always thought that Sullivan was a seriously underrated promo. If you wanted to talk about somebody that was dangerous on a microphone, Kevin Sullivan is very, very close to the top of my list. I don't want to put over too many of my guys, but I probably should have. Sullivan, Dutch, and and Shane Douglas. Great, great promo, guys. Oh, incredible. Uh, just, I just throw out real quick some some. Show some love to the current day people, you know, that you're not be familiar with. Uh, someone I, I know that I always listen to, Nick Aldis, I think does a tremendous job. Uh, he, he knows who he is, so elegant. Uh, he speaks with purpose. He represents the NWA. Uh, you said Kingston, right? Yeah. Jargon, hey. You said Kingston. He, he does a phenomenal job. Is he, is he the best talker in North American wrestling right now? Uh, you know what? Hey, hey you know, we're, we're looking at exposure here. 
Yeah. And I'm not saying this for any particular reason because I've I've had this in conversations with local promoters. I've talked to other town about this. I've had conversations through social media about this. And, and, I, and I mean this wholeheartedly. When we are talking in wrestling, especially indie wrestling right now, Ben Hameen might be the best promo on the NDC. You're not wrong. I mean, he is, he is freaking incredible in, in, in how, you know, he understands the persona, his delivery, his energy. You, you get a flavor of that, that, tr- that classic old school with a modern twist. Not because, you know, our affiliation with him here. And I'm thankful that we have that because we get to learn from that and we understand a little bit more about the importance behind these promos. Ben is absolutely incredible. I, I, I was wrong. I do have one more name to throw out there. I'm wearing well, his shirt today. The chairman, oh, Vincent yeah, Kennedy McMahon. I yeah. mean, Austin was a great promo, but let's not make any mistake. Vince was cutting some killer promos on the other side of it. Good point. Good point. That's a pretty damn good list. I'm sure we missed somebody. Uh, oh, somehow. I'm sure Twitter will let us know who well, we it, missed. But again, and I, I think what's what's really important to remember, and again, we apologize if we missed someone that that you remember fondly that's high on your list. I don't think it is is as many shows that we've done with this. I don't think we've had such maybe an open-ended debate where there really isn't, you know, where we've got it down to, you know, three or even five. I think that speaks to the importance of what the promo should mean in professional wrestling. And it is one of those values, those foundations that the sport, the business needs to get back to if it wants to thrive once again. They have moved so far away from it. it there needs to be a serious focusing back on the art of the promo. Now, I will say there is one thing that in common against all the top individuals that we talked about. You probably take any of our top five and they might be different, but you'll look at those individuals and there's one thing in common. It's that they believed. They believed in what they were saying. They believed in their personas. They believed in professional wrestling. So you sure as hell believed in it. That's what's seriously missing in pro wrestling. Well said. For sure. Now, as we, you know, head towards the finish here, we got to pick who is the best, who is the greatest Promo, Rick. Who do you got? I'm still sticking with my boy here. I, I'm still, I'm still riding. I'm, I'm on the corn. I'm on the corn train, baby. Corn. So what about, I, I still what about got him. At, I, no? I still got him at number one. He's not going to sway me here. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I think with the influence that he's had and how he is still so relevant, cutting the promos that he is, uh, still one of the most talked about individuals inside the bubbles of professional wrestling. Because hell. He's probably still one of the most recognized outside of the damn bubble because they have shrunk a net thing down to almost nothing. Uh, but yeah, I'm still going with Cornette number one all time. That's no disrespect to anyone, I think, because the rest of it's great. Uh, behind him, uh, in any order there, I'm going to go Flair, Heyman, Piper. Cargo. I'm riding too, but I'm limousine riding. I'm jet flying. I'm a wheeling, dealing son of a gun. To me, hands down, the Nature Boy Ric Flair is the greatest promo. Uh, And since Huckleberry went with his top five, I'll give you mine as well. I'm going Ric Flair, Bobby Heenan, Paul Heyman, Jerry the King Lawler, and Nick Bockwinkle. Nice. And for me, maybe Arn might have been my favorite, but it's not about who's my favorite. It's about who is really the greatest. 
And I got to stick with the guy I wrote down first, the guy I first mentioned, the guy I first thought of, and that is, of course, the nature boy. Ric Flair wins another poll here for us. I, I got to say Ric Flair is the greatest promo of all time. People are still quoting him to this day over and over and over. I know I got to go with Nate. Top five, probably, let's see, Dusty, Cornette, Heenan, Hogan, and then obviously Flair number one. There you go. Uh- who here's here's a new fun question for the end of every episode. Yeah. Who do you think Twitter's gonna pick? I'm gonna go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Probably Flyer, I think. Maybe Rock? I, I think oh, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be between those Rock. three. I think I I think oh, man. I think between those three, but if I had to pick one, I'm gonna say that damn it. I'm gonna say Rock gets the edge. I can see that. So let's head over to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com, and of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Rick, what do you got? Hey, as always, you can keep up with me personally across all social media at The Real RBV. A uh, little self plug coming up just a little over a month away. The Pro Wrestling Alliance, the old school. Uh, old school traditions, new era visions, the Pro Wrestling Alliance. We're running our next show in VV, Indiana. It is the Swiss Wine Pro Wrestling Super Show. Of course, we, we've got some big names on there. Ring of Honor, uh, Shane Taylor, formerly of Impact Wrestling, Congo Kong, as we've mentioned here. Uh, ben Hameen will be on that show. Our great American champion, Amos, uh, as seen on WWE TV. Doink the Clown's going to be with us in some capacity. So we're looking forward to that. Hey, and uh, I also, hell, I'll break the news here with you guys. Before we went on air, uh, I finalized a date. Uh, I finalized the arena. We're, we're settling on one or two dates, but coming in early October, my little vision for uh, the PWA's FTW Food Trucks and Wrestling uh, becoming to fruition. So we're going to do a little food truck rally and pro wrestling. Hey, who, who better to promote that than me, man? So, you got to get ODB there. You got to get her. I, I, I look, though. I think it's going to be a little long drive from Minnesota to bring her down with the food truck. It's a 10-hour drive. But uh, we, that, when she's making that trip back down to Florida at some point, I, I'm going to plan on having her swing by uh, with some of that meet and greet, baby. Uh, but again, for the Hami Media Group, right now we're still in the transition. Everything over the realm there. So you can still pick up all of the content that you love to hear, your wrestling reviews, the news, the headlines. You can find that over on Patreon.com, actually, as Hameen Media Group. And for your affiliate program shows, the Jargo and myself and the Hitting the Marks for South Park, Suck My Balls, for your Star Wars, for your Star Trek, for your political satire, whatever the case might be, your retro with Rad Rob, you can find that at HameenMediaGroup.Podbeam.com. Jargo. Thanks for the Rad Rob plug, because I was on with Rad Rob last night. It was the hottest podcast in the world as me and Rad Rob sat down and we did about an hour talking about Kiss from 1974 to 1979. It was a fantastic conversation. Um, You can keep up with me everywhere it seems like i'm always sitting in my studio these days uh so i guess i'll plug the next podcast that i'm doing which is going to be with the real rbv early tomorrow morning we're going to be sitting down for you no 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 no. (laughs) i'll tell you anything oh we're not doing that okay well then i the next podcast i'm going to record is still going to be with the real rbv as it'll be uh, a new edition of the hitting the marks podcast this saturday i think we're going to sit down so that should be in your ear holes later on this weekend or early monday keep up with me at all social media at not jargo the big veto brand of course here at two man power trip destinopod.com i am just 
everywhere these days. Great stuff as always, gentlemen. Like thank everybody out there for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week for a little who is right here on the two man power trip. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.